Let's talk about the Benin bronzes which were looted in the colonial era and are now to be handed back to Africa. Let's also discuss the new scheme which has black men being offered blood pressure checks at the barbers. What about the Tokyo Olympic Games 2020? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Life is simple, but we insist on making it complicated. Never a truer word said. I like that one from Confucius. Never a truer word said. So, we are at episode 66. Still here sparking debate. Um, yeah, this this week just gone. We on the twenty third we had Haile Selassie's birthday, significant birthday for Rastafari, and one of Africa's great leaders. Um, yeah, so if you don't know much about Haile Selassie, definitely worth looking him up. Some controversy around him as well. He, he lived in England for for a while, um, and there was actually a monument in Wimbledon um, for him. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's... In fact, I don't think it's no longer there. I think it was it was attacked a while back, yeah, if I remember rightly. So, um, Jeff Bezos, he has finally launched into space aboard his new ship. Um, what's his ship called? The New Shepherd. His rocket's called The New Shepherd, that's right. So he went with his brother, um, Wally Funk, and 82, who's an 82-year-old um, pioneer and an 18-year-old student. So, yeah, um, I, I think because he went just after Branson, it kind of, you know, it, it weren't as as massive as it, as it would have been. You know, you've got to be the first, you know. The, the people, people always remember the first. The second is like, mm, but yeah. But he, he did it anyway, so it's good. Um, but the the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, uh, have also now said that um, that because I think Jeff Bezos and and Richard Branson have been talking about themselves as being astronauts now. Um, so at, so what they've done is changed the the, the rules of that word. Um, so basically, you must. Now, you must be uh, part of a flight crew um, and make contributions to space flight safety to actually be called an astronaut. So it's, it's the first time they've made any changes um, since the, the FAA WINGS program began in 2004. So they're obviously a little bit disgruntled about, you know, people, just anybody who, you know, can afford to pay to go up becoming an astronaut. So... But, you know, if you get technical about it, they've only just changed the word. So Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos would still technically be astronauts because they did it before they changed the definition. But either way, one of the things that really stood out for me was the shape of Jeff Bezos' rocket. Um, I won't say what it looked like. Have a look on Google. You can make your own mind up. But I much prefer the cool design of of Richard Branson. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting-looking vehicle. So, also, uh, Tokyo Olympics started this week. 
on the 23rd. Um, it was really nice to see um, Naomi Osaka opening the ceremony, you know, after, you know, taking time out for mental health and, and stuff like that. So it was really, really nice to see her. Um, and yeah, hats off to her for all that she does. I'm, in fact, actually, uh, well, I'll speak about that a little bit later. I will speak on that a bit later. But what I really liked is the opening ceremony and the way they use the drones. Absolutely amazing. Like it was like a ball, obviously against the night sky, but it was like a ball in the sky. And, um, you know, one minute it was a ball, then it turned into the planet Earth and etc. But it was just amazing technology, the fact that they can do that. To be fair... You know, if you think about it, for the for in regards to the planet, I mean, I don't think fireworks will ever, you know, totally go. But if you're thinking about, you know, the planet and what's best for the planet, we should be definitely using drones for these massive displays rather than um, fireworks. You know, I'm sure we could. Oh, it might sound, it might be a bit um, unauthentic, I suppose. But I was going to say, you could have, um, you know, the sound of fireworks with the optics of of the drones in the night sky. Who knows, might work, might work. But um but obviously it's really expensive, so there's always going to be a market for for um fireworks. I don't think I'll be buying and organizing thousands of drones for bonfire night. So, um so also, um Kanye West has got his own day. He's been given his own day in Atlanta. Um, so Atlanta City have announced that they'll be basically giving him uh, acknowledgement and etc. for his and celebrating his career. So they've dedicated July the twenty second as Kanye West Day. He must be over to me. This this man has achieved so much, and I, and I remember when he was struggling to prove that he could rap because he was always a great producer. But I remember, you know, I mean, I, I watched that in real time. Him. You know, saying, yeah, but I can rap too, I can rap too, and nobody didn't want to hear it. Jay-Z, Dame Dash, no no one didn't want to hear that. But look at him now, you know, look at him now. You know, eventually they did hear it, but, you know, just goes to show, man. And who knew what he, what he would become? He's got, he's, you know, he's been through so much, he's done so much, and he's still here, still doing stuff. But, yeah, no, I think it's really cool that they've dedicated a day to him. Um, but... I suppose, you know, no, he's known to be an artist coming from Chicago. But the truth is he was actually born in Peach City in um, Atlanta on the 8th of June, 1977. So he has a connection with, with, with the city, hence why they've chosen to um, give him that day as well, as well as his, his accolades and stuff. So, um, and he's also got a new album coming out. So that's a bit of a touch, you know, all kind of ties in. Um, but yeah, his new album, the Donda album, Donda was the name of his mother who passed away also um, not too long, well, a few years back. Um, but what I really like, I heard one of the tracks, um, he's got a feature with Jay-Z on there. Um, and obviously there was a bit of rift through them through the year. So it's really nice to see them come back. And, you know, and, and Jay-Z, Jay-Z doesn't make too many... Um, too many tunes of late. I mean, one, sprinkles one and two here and there, but he's obviously doing his business stuff. So it's really nice that he's they've come back together to make a track. 
But sadly, um, hip-hop lost one of its pioneers and legends from back in the day, Bismarck. He, he, he passed away last Friday, age 57. Um, he's, he's known for his beatboxing, his big personality, freestyling skills, DJing skills. Um, and he, he had his biggest hit in, in 1989, it was, um, for Just a Friend. He was like one of those comedy-type rappers, playful, you know, it wasn't no gangster rap or anything like that, but um, that light-hearted stuff. But, yeah, he, he's definitely... I mean, if you know hip-hop, you know, from his, from his birth, you know Bismarcky. So, yeah, um, sad loss, sad loss. Thoughts out there for, for him and his family. Um, and everybody, is, yeah, he's left behind, friends and family. Um, the cause of death at this point is not known. Um, but he was diagnosed with diabetes in 2014 and was hospitalised weeks um, for weeks in during 2020. So, you know, he had some underlying health issues going on. And, you know, diabetes is one of those things. He, he was a big, big man as well. Um, taught, not, not like massively um, wide, but he was, he was tall, you know, like a big framed, big, big featured um, individual. So big presence in, in any room or in any video um, and with a massive personality. So, so yeah. Um, but, yeah, diabetes is one of, those, one of those things that affect, you know, black males, black, not black males, black females, black people disproportionately because um, of our diets and our food and the spices and the salt and all that stuff. So, so yeah, um, sadly missed, sadly missed. So also, um, I found out about a athlete, um, Lex Gillette, Lex Gillette, um, record-breaking blind long jumper. Um, he's a four-time para Paralympic medalist, um, world record holder in long jump for totally blind athletes. And yeah, he's, um, he's, his story and he's, um, I watched a video of him this week and, you know, watching him train. You know, how he trains, he'll have his coach, you know, line him up on the track at the distance. The coach will be um, by the sand right in front of him. But, um, you know, obviously at the, where he needs to jump from. And so he will start clapping. Uh, the, the coach will start clapping and, and shouting, fly, fly, fly. He's got, they've got some kind of mantra. And then he, as he's running, he counts his steps so he knows when to jump. Um, I, was, I just thought it was amazing. And watching him train it, on this video as well. If you can look him up, Lex Gillette. It's either pronounced Gillette or Gillette. Um, but he, it's definitely worth looking at. I think it's really amazing, really amazing. And obviously, um, hoping, hoping for gold um, at Tokyo this year. He hasn't had any golds yet, but he does hold the world record. So I hope, I hope he does get that. It, it, I hope he does um, win a gold out there. But yeah, really powerful story. Really, really inspirational character too. And what, yeah, like I said, when you watch him train as well, he will have his. Um, he'll be like doing some box jumps off. That's you know jumping off the floor to, onto a box that's like higher as high as your waist or even higher, and he'll do that repeat, repeatedly and have his hands on it, making sure he doesn't fall and making sure he knows. Just really amazing to see. Really amazing to see. So also, I found out an interesting fact this week that was made me laugh and um yeah interesting fact so it was um well maybe you know this what 
a group of pandas is called. And if you don't know, I'm going to tell you a bit later. A group of pandas. Don't look it up through Google. Just wait. <laughs> um, so also in, a, in Benin, Benin uh, the Benin bronzes. Benin's famous for its bronzes. Um, unfortunately, it was looted during the colonial era. And, you know, most of them, if not all of them, are no longer in Benin in Nigeria. Um, but there are talks now about um, bringing those back to Nigeria. Um, but there's been some dispute now um, between the King of Benin and the Legacy Restoration Trust, um, which could jeopardise um, the return of some of the Africa's most famous art- artefacts, actually. Um, so, so yeah, so hopefully, I mean, I, I really hope they work it out. I'm sure they will work it out some way or another. Um, and, it, you know, it'll end, either end up in the Benin World Museum or the Edo Museum of Western African Art. Or maybe both. Maybe they split between both. But I think it's just important that those, you know, really most famous artefacts go back home, you know, where they come from, because they, they were stolen. Um, and, you know, it is, it is time for them to go back. Probably loads of other artefacts that they need to consider giving back to the owners um, through, from colonial times. But, yeah. But if you don't know about um, those uh, Benin bronzes, it's definitely something to look up online. Um, Really beautiful, powerful pieces, well ahead of their time. So the 19th of July has come and gone, and we're now in a new time for the first time since the planet was hit with this pandemic. First time in the UK we've been, everything's open up again and clubs are open Restaurants are open, no limits on how many people can meet or attend events. Um, no more table service. You can get up and get your own drinks in the pub or restaurant. So everything's pretty much open. So, yeah, get out there and enjoy, enjoy life. I think, I mean, any, any restrictions that are still around at this point, which I don't think well, there aren't any. I mean, well, there are some. There are, I mean, some workplaces you still have to wear masks and stuff. So there's still the legacy of, of the pandemic. But, um, yeah, this is the closest we're going to get back to a normal. I don't think there's going to be an absolute normal what we knew before. So this is the closest we've ever been to and ever going to get to, I could imagine, for a while. Um, to normal so yeah get out and enjoy it get out and enjoy it don't spoil it don't be too reckless you know just just enjoy yourself you know um and and be mindful that um you know for some people coming out at this time and and being able to do all these things brings up different anxieties for different people as well you know because we still ain't seen the full effects of the mental health implications of this whole pandemic situation so yeah, so just be mindful and be kind of kind and empathetic with each other. You know, I think, you know, people are going to be out trying to remember how to engage with people to a certain extent, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's, a, it's a good time. It's good. But in Australia, um, they're in lockdowns again. Um, up to like 13 million people, half of the population are in lockdown. Um and basically to try and quash the most recent COVID outbreaks. And remember, you know, 
it kind of brings it into into perspective that you know it doesn't matter how well you're doing as a country at, at, at a particular time if the whole planet is not doing well at a partic- you know if at one time then you know we we we're, we're like a chain you know the planet's like a chain and you're only as strong as your weakest link i suppose I think that's probably the best metaphor for getting over this this whole thing. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And, you know, there's still places having issues. And obviously Australia have dealt with this whole thing in a, in a different way and they, they had a lot of freedoms earlier, but they're going for it again now. So, um, so yeah, the, so basically the third state went into lockdown on Tuesday um, and it's, it's a stay-at-home orders and... You know, obviously the police, um, heavy police presence. Um, so that's that's that stay-at-home orders now for like South Australia, Victoria, and parts of New South Wales. Um, and you know, just like we were, the 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 people there are absolutely frustrated. You know, absolutely frustrated. But it is what it is. Um, but interestingly enough, fewer than fourteen percent of people there were vaccinated so they're, they're quite behind compared to the UK for instance I think the UK's kind of been the trailblazer in regards to vaccination um, amongst other countries but they're definitely up there as one of the trailblazers with it so you know the fact that we're all open now in my mind it's a bit of a it's, it is an experiment to test how good the vaccine is it will test how good the vaccine is because you can't get any more open than what we what we are now, and they've hit their quota of eighty percent of the population being vaccinated. So, so yeah, um, it, this is the this is the tester, and and if everything works out, we won't ever have to go back into a lockdown because the vaccine works. But if it doesn't, if the vaccine doesn't work, then unfortunately, we might find ourselves. Uh, in some kind of lockdown in in months to come, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the vaccine works. I hope everything they've put in place works. I hope this is becomes something for the history books sooner rather than later. Um, but like I said, if it, if it turns out it doesn't, because the, the vaccine hasn't been tested in the sense of you know allowing everybody to mix and do whatever they want whilst whilst being vaccinated. So this is a brand new test. I'm sure they'll collect all the data from it and then. Don't know. So, fingers crossed, it goes to plan as they would like it to be. So, unfortunately, um, this week there's been one um, death, one young person died on the 21st of July in Brixton. Um, he was in his early 20s. Yeah, um, he died through stab wounds, died at the scene. Um, a man's been a- a- arrested, one, person's been, one man's been arrested so far and been charged with GBH. So, very sad situation. My thoughts and prayers get to his family and friends. You know, although it's, it's one person that's died, it's one too many. You know, it's one too many. I look forward to the weeks when there's no young people dying, you know, um, through youth violence, etc. So, so, yeah, definitely something we have to still be on top of. So, Nigeria um, have... Uh, secured the release of a hundred kidnapped mothers and children who were they were abducted on the eighth of June 
um, in Zamfara State. Um, you know, the, I mean, it's really good. I'm, I'm obviously I'm happy that they've they've been able to free these uh, the women and children um, who were mainly nursing infants. You know, these these were really young children as well um, who were seized by bandits. But I and also just not to just to put it into context during this abduction, um, four people were also killed. Um, during the incident, you know, so it wasn't just a, a straight, just a kidnap without any fatalities. Um, but what I'm wondering, I mean, this is something that I've been speaking about since, you know, starting the podcast. It always comes up a couple, every couple of months or, or so. And I'm wondering how, how it will stop or how, yeah, how will it ever end? You know, these kidnappings in Nigeria of, of young people and of people on mass, you know, will it ever stop? And and how will it stop? Because it just seems like it's, it seems like it's just part of life in Africa. You know, it's like the bandits know it. It's it's, it's a way of making money. You know, it's just like it's just part of Africa, and it's it's so sad. Um, so yeah, I hope Nigeria find a solution to this ongoing issue because it's it's definitely an ongoing issue. I've heard about it. It's, too many times over this past 18 months or so. So, um, again, over to the other side of the world, moving from Africa over to America, R. Kelly um, has got some new abuse charges. Um, There's fresh abuse allegations um, claiming that he had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old boy. Um, uh, The prosecutors are alleging that he, he met the teenager in Chicago in McDonald's in 2006. Um, obviously, R. Kelly denies abusing anyone. Um, he's to date, his lawyers haven't responded to the latest allegations. To be fair, um, but yeah, uh, the prosecutors want to what they want to use the evidence in this um, in in regards to his trial, uh, which is this August, so next month. Yeah, um, but the charges the charges that he, he has include um, child sexual exploitation. Um, making indecent images of minors, racketeering and obstructing, um, obstruction of justice. So, yeah, he, he will be, I'm sure it'll be all over the news next month as he's going through court. Um, you know, my thing is, if he's, if he's found guilty, you know, if he's proved that he's guilty of all of these things, um, he needs to get his just deserves, you know, um, the longest sentence is possible. You know, um, I mean, I remember years ago when that when that video came out of him urinating on on the the young young girl, really. Um, you know, years ago, and it, it was kind of crazy the fact that he didn't go to prison at that time. It just didn't didn't make any sense. It's just like how how does that happen? How do you you know you know you you see the video and you can see it obviously was him. Um, but yeah, but um, justice is seems to be prevailing and, and everything's coming out. So um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But like I said, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about that over the coming weeks. So back in the UK, Dawn Butler, um, the MP, Labour MP, um, was suspended from the House of Commons for calling uh, Boris Johnson a liar. Um, 
yeah, she was she was ordered to leave the House of Commons um, for the rest of the day after she spoke, um, after she refused to, to withdraw her accusations about Boris Johnson being a liar. Um, she, she, she basically um, said that, you know, the Prime Minister has lied to the House of Commons um, and the country over and over again about a range of pa- uh, pandemic-related issues. So, you know, she's definitely stood in her truth. I mean, I, I watched it as, it as it was happening and, you know, the... The um, the leader of the of the the chambers or whatnot um, asks her multiple times, like, would she like to change her words for the record? I think she asked her about two or three times. Um, but hats off to Dawn Butler. She stood firm. She stood on her square, and she just repeated the words again with even more passion. And then ultimately, um, the the leader of the house. Just, I think somebody handed her a paper so she could read out the the terms and rules or whatever that follow the protocol down to a T, and just asked her to leave. And yeah, Dawn Butler picked up her bags and kept it moving. You know, I thought I thought it was quite quite brave of her, and um, yeah, significant because that's you know that will go down in history. She she said what she said, and she meant what she said. Um, I, I'm wondering if anybody can say really that Boris Johnson hasn't lied, <laughs> you know, since he's been in 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 um, in, in politics or as the as the president, uh, the prime minister, you know. Um, but she she really made the point of how she, before she before she actually left, she made the point of how um, you know the fact that how somebody who within the House of Parliament, if you lie, you can. You can stay and you can continue to lie, but if you call out the liar, then you're in trouble. And she was like, "This is the only place where this can happen." So yeah, very interesting. So I'm, I'm sure there'll be more conversations about that. I'm sure she'll be doing some interviews over the coming days, um, opening it up a bit more. But I think they're at the, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think that will happen. I think that will happen. But yeah, really, really, really powerful moment. So. Um, Blood pressure, blood pressure is, high blood pressure is something that, again, this is another ailment that disproportionately affects um, uh, black black people um, because of our, our diets and stuff, I believe. Um, but I think a really good initiative, uh, they, the, who, what are they called? The, the Off the Record and Croydon BME Forum have trained eight barbers to have uh, who have their customers in Croydon, Bromley, Lambeth and Southwark over, over South London um, to have blas- basically to provide on-the-spot blood checks, uh, blood pressure checks when they come for their haircut. So I thought that was, this was a really good idea, you know, really simple, really simple to do because it's not hard to take blood pressure. I, I've got my own blood pressure machine at home and it's... It's quite simple to do, but um, but it is some. It's like a, it's a silent killer. It, you know, around thirty percent of uh, men in the UK currently have high blood pressure, um, and around around half of them are not diagnosed or receiving any treatment for it. So you know, to you know, where do where do men go? They go to the barbers. So it's a you've got a captive audience, and you know, even off the conversations, off the back of it, you know. 
because you know the barbers barbers is like a, the community center for men so the fact that you know one of the barbers is able to do that blood pressure check and and you know you'd be doing it there and people can see you know it was spark those conversations about um having better health as men so yeah i think it, i think it's really good really really good so yeah, um, so there's been black and Asian men suffer increased levels of um, high blood pressure, blood pressure, which um, are it's, it's the third biggest cause of like of um, diseases in the UK, leading to like heart attacks, strokes, kidney disease. You know, I've got you know I've got friends that um, have they've been in that situation. You know, didn't know, you know, was really young, um, didn't know that they had high blood pressure until it was too late and off of the back of that ended up losing their kidneys really young so I you know I, I really do empathize with and have you know that that close experience of knowing somebody close to me who's who's been in that situation so it's definitely something I'm aware of and, and to be fair I since I I only bought a um a blood pressure machine well, around the time of COVID, to be fair, that kind of prompted me to do all the healthy things, just like everybody else, you know, and um, just thought, you know what, it's better I have one of those in the house. It doesn't cost that much. Same like the oximeter, you know, all of these things are, you know, and the, and the scales that check your fat percentage and stuff like that, because, yeah, it just kind of prompted me to do things, the, the COVID pandemic situation prompted me to do things that I knew I should have been doing before, because it's not because I didn't know. It was just because I was procrastinating really so yeah um but yeah definitely check out your blood pressure be mindful it is a silent killer and it does lead to other things if you don't catch it early and if you catch it early you can actually deal with it whether it's through medication change your diet i think the first thing is change the diet you know that can usually bring you back depending on how far gone you are so yeah blood pressure check your blood pressure at least at least once a year at least once a year and better still get one for yourself at home you can get them on amazon so today we've got a full moon. It's the Buck Moon, um, supposedly named by native Indians. Um, and it's named, it's, they say that it's named after, because it comes around the time that the new buck deer begins to sprout antlers from his forehead. So that is the story behind that, I think. There may be some other, other stories around it, maybe more spiritual ones, who knows. But yeah, so full moon today. Always like a full moon. Really good for gardening, but a bit of a sore topic at the moment. I, I've I've had issues with my water in the garden, so all of my plans to... Well, not my water, with my taps. Long story short, one of the connections for my outdoor tap broke. And then when I bought the attachment for it, turns out, it's the old imperial style tap and you can't get the fittings for it anymore. So I've had to buy a brand new tap and I'm not a plumber. I didn't get a plumber around and I procrastinated. And it was only yesterday true, through having a leaky pipe, I was forced to get a plumber because we was about to flood the house and even though he came out for that and it was in the middle of the night it was about two o'clock he ended up coming out and while he was doing his work I wasn't there standing mopping behind him but while that was happening even though it was late at night I said mate you couldn't possibly put this tap on for me 
in my garden because I'm, I'm a bit stuck with it. And gladly enough, he said, yeah, I'll give it a go. Let me just sort this out. And he done it. So water's back on. I digress, but it's been a massive thing for me. But long story short, my garden hasn't had the attention that it needs to have because I haven't had a tap out there. That was my excuse. I haven't had a tap out there. I can't water my grass, all that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> it's all done now. And I'm back on it. See what I can salvage. But I've been out there. I've got the um, the blackberries. I'm going out there every day, eating the blackberries. Um, the kids, I don't think the kids are too too keen on blackberries. They say they're too sour, but I, I love them. Anyway, I digress. Full moon. The, the buck moon. It's here. Um, and yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll plant something and take full advantage of this moon. So, um, in regards to the weather this week, which has been absolutely amazing, and anybody who's been moaning about the heat, about the sunshine, you need to get a mirror and have a quiet word with yourself. Because the truth is, you know how England is. It could be snowing by the weekend. We could have hailstones. Just enjoy it while it lasts. It's only for a short period of time. Although it is happening more and more frequent where we're getting this extreme heat. And so the Met Office has um, had issued their first um, extreme heat warning this week. So it's part of their, their new style um, warning system. But like I said, it's the first time hearing an extreme heat warning this week. So... Um, Basically, it, it, it warns of potential uh, impact on the, from the heat on people's health, you know, because there have been a few hospital incidents and, you know, situations based on the extreme heat um, up and down the country, actually. So, so yeah, we're, um, we're moving into a time where England's uh, experiencing prolonged um, periods of sweltering conditions and this amber... Amber warning level covers large parts of Wales, um, southwest England, parts of southern and central England. Um, and it, it did so for most of the week. Like I said, um, for me, it was beautiful. I think, you know, for me, as long as I'm dressed appropriately um, and I'm hydrated, it can be as hot as you like, you know. If it gets too hot, I can go under a tree or whatnot, put on the aircon in the car, whatever we need to do. Um, and yeah, but it's it's been that hot that um, a pub and a restaurant both had to close um, in Wales because it was too hot. It was, it was too hot for the staff. It was too hot for the customers. It was just too hot. So so they had to close in. And obviously, with all the amount of time uh, pubs and restaurants have been closed, and the amount of money they've lost for them to close, it must have been like at the limit, you know. So so yeah, but. You know, we we got to get used to it. The planet is warming up, um, but we, um, so yeah, we we got to enjoy it. We got to enjoy it. We, it's part of our life. It's part of our life now. You know, um, but yeah, just thinking back to the water and the heat. That's you know that again. I haven't I haven't uh, been able to set up the pool in the garden. The, the inflatable waters. You know the water. The summer water fights. We ain't had none of that because I haven't had that tap. That one tap makes such a difference. That is. So I digress, but yeah, I will be as soon as that sun comes back out. I will be um, filling that pool up. Anyhow, uh, the weekly crypto roundup. 
and as I always say, this isn't about um, financial advice because I'm not a financial advisor. Um, it's just an update on what's going on in the crypto world because we still don't hear too much about it on mainstream news, which is which is really odd because there's a lot going on with it, you know, across the world every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Unlike the stock market, which is five days a week in whatever country you're in. So, but yeah, it's it's here and it's here to stay. It seems. So um, Elon Musk, who is a regular feature in regards to cryptocurrency, um, he has said, he's, I mean, I think I spoke about it before, that he, because there was a time he was accepting uh, Bitcoin for his Tesla vehicles, and then he stopped um, basically saying that they need to be a bit more greener in regards to how they produce Bitcoin. But he's put up a tweet this week um, talking about the crypto industry is well on its way towards a greener future. So, you know, making progress, but we won't be um, accepting Bitcoin payments just yet. But obviously what that's telling us is really well, what it says to me is, it, you know, soon they will be, you know, Bitcoin is doing what it needs to do to make yourself greener. And then that will be in line with his green vehicles and he'll be accepting that currency. So also, um, Tyson Fury has um, auctioned off his first crypto crypto related NFT um, called Lineal by Tyson Fury, and it was auctioned for a massive nine hundred eighty seven hundred thousand. You know, just under a million dollars. Yeah, nine hundred eighty seven thousand. That is um that is a good look for your first um your first NFT. Um yeah, I think and it, I think that makes it one of the most paid for it. I think it actually is one of the most paid for um sports NFTs to date. So that's massive. And again, I'm I, we ain't really heard about that in mainstream news. This, you know, this stuff is happening, you know. We're not talking about um a couple of hundred pound there. Um and also Naomi Kasak. Naomi Osaka has also um, launched her NFTs. Um, it's part of a six-piece collection that she created with her sister, um, Mary, in April. So her, those have gone out on sale as well. Um, and Great Britain, uh, the Great Britain team um, at the Tokyo... The Great Britain team who are at the Tokyo Olympics at the moment are planning to offer NFTs also. Um, so they've linked up with another company um, called Tokens um, and they'll be launching um, an NFT store that will showcase like legendary moments um, from the Tokyo Olympics videos, photographs, artwork of um, Team GB at Tokyo so so yeah NFTs are are really becoming you know a main part of um, you know art currency, ownership, all of these things. Um, even uh, Watford FC, um, their, new sh- their new shirt sponsor, um, that was, the, the new shirt sponsor was paid in cryptocurrency. Um, and also previously, uh, Watford has also had Bitcoin as, as their sponsor in the past as well. You know? So it's, it's, it's all over the place. If, you, if you're looking for it and if you know about it, it's, it like I said, it's happening. So... I'm, I'm glad to be um, 
you know, speaking on it. And, and yeah, because I think it's important. Um, but the EU plans to make Bitcoin transfers more traceable. Um, plans to base, these plans are basically to stop uh, money laundering, which has happened quite a bit. Um, but it could take two years for it to come into law. But they're definitely on it. They're definitely on sorting that out. So, yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody um, who have bought um, the hoodies, the T-shirts, the Unity and Culture and History hoodies and T-shirts and with the new logo. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I really do appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. It really, you know, it, it goes to support and keep um, the podcast going. So thank you. So I did mention earlier about um, the pandas, a group of pandas. What do you call a group of pandas? So the answer is an embarrassment. Now, when I found that out, when someone told me that this week, I, I, was, I was cracking up. I thought it was actually a joke. Um, but it's actually true. A group of pandas is called an embarrassment. Who knew? So, yeah, um, there you go. Check it out. So, yeah, um, but look, we're, we've had our freedom day. We're, we're free for the foreseeable future to do a lot of things that we weren't able to do. See people, hug people, touch people, dance with people, you know, all these things with people, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's mind-blowing to think we were, we were restricted to do things with people, as people. It's crazy, mind-blowing. But yeah, we're, we're free now to do what we want to do, so um, get out there and enjoy it. That's what I say, I will be. Um, but get things done, you know, this is not an era to procrastinate. Tomorrow's never been given, so, you know, procrastination was never a good idea. Um, but it's definitely not a good idea now. Um, and I hope, you know, we stay unlocked. Um, but just in case things don't go 100% to plan, whatever you've got planned to do tomorrow, next week, next year, get it done today. If it can be get done now, just get it done now. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.